Welcome back to the Lakers Fast Break. My name is Jamie Sweet. We're here with the Lakers Weekend Edition uh, video blog podcast type thing with my good friend, Laker Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Jamie. How are you doing? Gonna make it. Gonna make it. Uh, not too excited about the rest of the NBA Finals, but, you know, we'll, we'll get through it uh, in other ways. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a couple of things uh, specific to the Lakers. Won't get too much into the rest of the NBA. Uh, we're going to start today off by kind of going over some of the Basic groundworks, the full document hasn't been released yet of the CBA that was signed uh, about a month and a half ago, a couple months ago, I guess now. Uh, and so until that specific terminology comes out, we won't know 100% what we're getting into come July 1st. Uh, one of the things, you know, as, as we move forward in this, and it's a whole new way of doing business for the NBA, there's a lot of new wrinkles that are going to start to like manifest over time. But the things that are going to be the most important for Lakers and their fans to understand with this new uh, CBA uh, collective bargaining agreement um, is that there will be there there is a there is a point at which point it becomes very difficult to build a team around free agency. Drafting is a different matter. Drafting and keeping your own players is a different matter. But building a team like the Lakers tend to do through free free agency gets very difficult. Uh, once you go over a certain point of money, we don't really even know exactly what that point of money is, although we can pretty much guess it's going to be 179 mil, 180 mil, somewhere in there, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But at roughly 179 mil, you can say that the Lakers will probably go about as close to that line as they feel comfortable uh, and not a dot, not a penny above it. So for the for if you'd like to debate, if you like to debate Laker trades, there's only one place to go, and that is Lakerholics.com. Uh, Tom puts trades up all the time, uh, sometimes to the chagrin of many of our, <laughs> many of our, many of our fellow bloggers, uh, because it's pretty, it's pretty consistent. I'll say it's, it's, it's pretty consistent. Uh, and some of them I agree with, uh, in terms of the player is a great fit. Uh, and some of them I disagree with in terms of the player being a great fit. Some of them, I agree the player is a great fit, but don't see a snowball's chance in hell of the other team agreeing to the terms of that trade. Um, uh, you know, for two years straight, I said the Lakers aren't going to make any trades in the season, and they didn't, uh, because I just thought that they were content. I thought that Rob was a GM, or I do believe that Rob is a GM that values, I thought he was, a that GM that values continuity and chemistry. But that was until he blew up the team to get Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and then subsequently couldn't convince management to pay for the players to support that superstar structure and building a team that costs as much as the Warriors uh, have traditionally caught, you know, the, the, the luxury tax penalties that the Warriors accrue, the luxury tax penalties that the Nets and the Clippers were accruing for a few years, but I think we'll see them drop out of that uh, race this summer and so on and so forth. Um, but as we've seen, and this is kind of just to lay the groundwork for our overall discussions here going forward, Tom and I are going to try to do one of these a week where we talk about a specific trade, uh, how it relates to the CBA going forward. For those of you who aren't aware, the CBA goes into effect July 1st, 2023. So July 1st is when the new CBA comes into effect, which means for the purposes of calculating BRI, basketball-related income, it's going to be based off the old CBA. So all the new things that we've seen about revenue sharing with the players, players being able to buy into franchises, players being able to get endorsements uh, from gambling or uh, cannabis industry-related uh, uh, you know, endeavors, those will all more factor into next summer. 
Um, we won't really see that have an effect on the contracts of the basketball related income calculations for this summer's crop of free agency. What you will see go into effect is the tax apron and the luxury tax apron, which is the real new uh, aspect of this that people are, are, I think, both a little bit confused about uh, because technically it's not a hard cap ceiling. You can go over that apron. It just comes with a, a heck of a wallop of a punch. To your it's ability, it's really a de facto hard cap because it's, it's the, I mean, well, uh, yeah, uh, well, we'll get. They, it don't, they don't allow you to to use the MLE at all. Sure, uh, you I, you can't take more money back in trades than you send out. No, nope. um, you can't get players out of the uh, buyout market. Nope. Um, it, you can't. You can't send. Completely onerous that that you basically are going to see it as a real hard cap. Agreed. But, and you can't send a little bit more money out to make a trade, yeah. like come up to the minimum threshold to make it happen. You can't, I think the money, I think you could used to be able to send up to $5 million out or was it a percentage of the trade? Well, there, are, there, it, there are several major deals that were done at the end of this year that will not be able to be done in the future. Oh, Just uh, because of that same situation. Right, like a lot of the trades that we've seen happen in the past would not have been able yeah. to happen. Harden would still be in Houston. Yeah. So <laughs> it, that, this was definitely, this was definitely a revolution of the rest of the league against the Clippers and, and the Nets uh, and, and, the, and the Warriors for, I mean, they were they were doing moves that would say to add a $10 million pair, they'd pay $50 million in taxes. Sure. I I, I mean, I agree with you to a point. justify that in any sense other than, hey, we raised the value of the Golden State Warriors from like $3 million to $10 million. So what I think is going to, that's true. But so what I think, I think three things we're going to see happening. One is what we're talking about teams that don't want to spend a lot of money like the Lakers, even though they, they, they have a lot of revenue, <laughs> even, yeah, even though they're the most popular franchise on planet earth and uh, have a lot of revenue and are playing in the largest market on planet earth. They're still a little bit hesitant about spending money. And this is something I still fail to be able to wrap my head around, but it's not for me to wrap my head around. As I like to say on the blog, it's not my money. I don't like to play with other people's money. I'm not going to tell Tom what to do with his money. I would expect he won't tell me to do it with my money. So on I don't and so forth. Any, I don't have the same problem at all, Jamie. I know you don't. I know, but that's no. Tom, Tom's like this. Genie, how you doing? How you doing, Genie? That's right. <laughs> I want to see Genie bus on TikTok at Shotgun Willis's. Shotgun Willie. There's a play called Shotgun Willis. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's. That's our CBA 101. Tax apron one seventy nine. Can you uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on the CBA and, and the and the. Well, and I, the... I think that there's there's really two numbers now that jump out at everybody, and they are the tax aprons. And the tax yeah. apron basically is when those are numbers that you can't go over or something happens. Okay, so the first one is one hundred sixty nine million. That's the total salary number that if you're hard cap, you cannot go over. That means you can't sign a player, you can't trade for a player, or do anything to go over that. Period. Yeah. And we're going to see a lot of people wanting to be hard capped because there are new advantages. The MLE for a non-taxpayer is twelve point two million, and they reduced the non-tax. They reduced the taxpayer MLE, which used to be like ten million. They dropped that sucker down to five million. We, you also get the BAA, which is four BAE, the biannual exception, which is 4.4 million. Yeah. So you get 16.6 million to sign, and you can bring in free agents 
because you can do sign and trades. You can receive players and sign and trades. And you can participate in the buyout market. And you can participate in the buyout market. So all of a sudden, the new CBA has made it more favorable for a team to hard cap. And we're going to see a whole bunch of teams hard cap for that reason. And there are several triggers that create a hard cap situation. Yeah. There's if you bring back a player. Three, three that, big ones. <laughs> the, the, the biggest one that the Lakers are going to have to deal with is if everybody's going to be like, oh, we should sign and trade D'Angelo Russell. We should sign and trade D'Angelo Russell. We should try to. And that's that may well that's happen. Fine. That part of that, it is right. fine. That exactly. That's the that's that what first you get back for him. That is the difficult part. So if you trade, if you sign and trade D'Lo for a player under contract, for example, it wouldn't be this, but Giannis, right? right. If you sign and trade D'Lo and whatever it takes to get Giannis. No problem. It, it, which will never happen. But because you're bringing back a player under contract, you can still go over the salary cap, I think, up to the contract. You can send out guys in sign and trades with no the money. The money will, if it goes over the cap, you're not penalized. Right. If you come up to that 179, which we'll get to in a second, that's different. But you can go over that 162. You can go over that 162 if you bring back a player under contract. You now let's switch to another Milwaukee buck, Chris Middleton, who's an unrestricted free agent. If you sign and trade for Chris Middleton and you sign him to a new deal, you are instantly hard capped. Not only can his new deal not go over the 162, but including that trade you just made can't go, including that trade, right? No, everything that you bring back in that moment has to stop at 162 or lower. And it cannot 169. It's seven million dollars between the tax line and the apron. That's right. So the tax line is 162. The ap- the first apron That's is actually 168998. Yeah, let's just, let's just call it one. Let's just call it 169. It's, right. It rolls off the tongue far better than 168999999. And there's a couple of things about 169 million dollar payroll. The Lakers actually could, if they wanted to bring everybody back. They could end up with the entire roster. They could bring everybody back through Lonnie Walker, nine players back, plus their two draft picks. That's an 11-player roster, meaning only three minimum salary players. And they can fit all of that underneath there if they can get Rui back for 15 um, and if Dennis was willing to sign for 12 and if Walker would sign for the BAE of four, which is what – it's just been announced as what is expected for him. So you could bring back all of those players. You can still build a good team. The problem is the minute you put a Kyrie Irving in there at $40 million or something no, like that, then all of a sudden you start losing players. Oh, yeah. You, no. you, can't, you, can't, you can't use the MLE because you'd go over no. the cap. Nope. Can't use the you, – no, you can't use no, the but it's still, You but can't it's use possible. the biennial. Still you, possible. You you still can't, and then you also can't use the BAE because you're over the cap. So I think that you're right. I, I So on last night's podcast, Angerstein, popular Laker chatter, uh, might be in the chat right now. I'm not looking at the chat. So if I mention you and I, you've already said something, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because I can't see it because I'm the host tonight. I, I this is my first time hosting. So I can only handle so much, people. All right? I can only handle so much. Got my, got my Mike Dillon shirt on. Got my coffee. That's what I can handle right now. Um, I think that. Zangerstein and I brought Zangerstein brought up the point. I was gonna bring it up, but but she posted it first, which I thought was perfect. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Lakers did just that. If you saw the Lakers bring back Bamba, Beasley, the whole the whole crew that we traded for, if only because all of those are 
pretty tradable contracts later in the season. You could get to December, January, and see, you know, late January, early February, which is about when we traded for Rui Hachimura. I could see the Lakers pushing that this team as just as is D'Lo Reeves. If he Reeves, if we can keep him, he's the biggest question mark, obviously Rui, which I think will go pretty high to keep him. And I don't expect the market for him to be as hot as it will be for Reeves. Uh, I would have, I would actually flip uh, Lonnie and Schroeder. I think Lonnie's still got upside and you could maybe split up that 12 million uh, MLE and give Lonnie like the higher end of what he's expected to get seven or eight. Uh, and then use they'd, the have sign and they'd have to be signing trades because they're both free agents. No, no, no. I'm saying if we keep all these guys. Oh, are you, oh, you're saying doing it. For I'm saying though. we. I'm saying we. No, keep I, I think I think that there's. It it presents a challenge, and the challenge it presents is that if you go that route, you're going the route where you're going to be a taxpayer, which means now it's not 169; it's 179. Not necessarily. You got to be you got to be under that 179 because you're not going to go over it. No, but you not, you have not, until the last day of the year to get under that 179. Well, no, you have the last. No, nope, because it's not. It's the last day of free agency. It's the last day of free agency. So it's going to be sometime in February. We don't know. Oh, wait yet. a minute. Wait a minute. Let's back up a second. If you sure. have, as you go through the year, you've got a payroll. And so sure. if you are over the 179, do all of those draconian penalties immediately go into effect? No, they don't go into effect until next summer, I believe. Until the next summer? Because your salary isn't confirmed. The, your outgo, your full season salary isn't confirmed until you've paid the full season salary. Does that jive? So come February, you're only like two-thirds of the way through the season. I'm not you've so only, sure about that, Jamie, because, for example, I'm, the $169 million hard cap, yeah. that takes in effect when you make a if you if you sign somebody or if you made a sign and trade if the trade deadline it goes immediately into effect sure so I it's don't, possible that's something we'll have to look up i'm pretty sure it all applies i think you're right like what because the cap the first cap it, the everybody first, has a cap number as they're going along and it can change during the year and your status can change during the year correct there i think it yeah. depends on and this is what i mean about the cba isn't actually out yet and some of this minutia may be more fully and clearly explained in it right. but the gist of what it's I've so read, full of minutia it's ah and if and for those of you who are into the minutia go to larry coons cbafaq.com larry coons website is the only place anybody should go to get any information unless it's an article that references that and <laughs> and, and like simplifies it into like a chunk yeah, of he's he's uh, the uh, godfather of the he cba is, he 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 does the he does the work he puts in the work and the time uh so shout out to larry coon because a lot of us base our what we do off of his hard work and so everybody should always be giving shout outs to larry coon every time they talk about the cba or money in the nba which is pretty much every podcast every sports blogger <laughs> does about the nba yeah. half the time uh it's a huge factor of what we talk about in the, especially in the summer when we get into the dog days of waiting for the season to come back around again Go to Larry Coon, CBAFAQ.com. It's still not updated. That's what it, This is what I'm getting at. Like, there's a lot of information that we're just kind of waiting to hear on. But I, from what I understand, what you're saying is partially true. The That soft cap, that first tax threshold, once you pass that, you are now, quote, unquote, a taxpayer. 
But again, I don't think it's certified that that's the case until you are a certified. Well, it goes to the language of, of the clause. Is it a penalty for being a taxpayer? Then it's something that has to be decided at the end of the year. At the end of the season. If it's if something it, that's related to your current tax level, where your salary cap is, it then it's probably as, minute to minute. Then it kicks in as soon as you hit it. Correct. Yeah. I, that's what I'm trying. That's what I don't know yet. And I don't at want any to rate, So sort of the summary, what I, I think what we've come to the conclusion of is that the new CBA is going to level the playing field. It's going to compress the range of salaries that teams are spending. It's probably going to create two groups, one group that's hard capped and the Lakers could well be part of that group. And a second group that's just hovering right below the $189 million de facto new hard cap, which is the second luxury tax apron. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. The Lakers have good options because if if they they can, number one, they can decide to go up to the $179 million thing and and just start bringing back people and 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 use their $5 million MLE and and make a trade and trade, you know, side guarantee Bam Bamba's number and, 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 and take the player option or the team option that they have on Beasley, get those guys in and trade them off for Miles Turner or for uh, OG Ananobi or any, you know, any of these players that could really make a difference to the team. Or they can decide to go hard capped and still bring back most of the team. Yeah, they could decide we're going to go hard cap, but we don't want to spend that money on Schroeder and Walker, the the twelve and four. They could spend sure. it on Brooke Lopez and um, and Naz Reed maybe or something like that. Sure, sure. Or alternatively, they could say we're going to give up Schroeder and those people, and we're going to go all out, and we're going to get Kyrie, and we can still keep Reeves and 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 uh, Rui Hachimura and Vanderbilt. So let's let's go that route. I mean, I think a lot of those are kind of dream pie in the sky scenarios and require would require more draft assets than the current Lakers. Of course you are. do, Jamie, but that's where you and I have always had our differences of what's going to happen. I mean, it's true. We don't have a lot of draft assets and the ones that we have. And this is where uh, I'm going to re- refer one of our uh, one of our longtime bloggers, uh, Mr. Mongo Slade. I, I'm, I agree with Mongo. I think that the Lakers. The Lakers need to start putting a toe in two different pools of water. One is. Yes, we're trying to win now. Going to try to build a roster around LeBron and AD to be as competitive as humanly possible in this moment. But that time is soon coming to an end. Two years from now. (laughs) And what is the highest draft pick we're likely to have within the next two years? 
it's probably the one we're picking this season. Right. It's the highest one we've had since 2017. The highest one we've had in several years. And it would have been even higher had it not been for the New Orleans trade. We have been drafted at 14 right. had right. it not been for the New Orleans trade. Next season's pick goes to New Orleans. Then that trade is finally done. Finally. After that, I think we have our pick. And then it's 2025. No, I think there's another pick swap going to New Orleans, actually, after that. And then it's done. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at that. But we're almost done with the New Orleans trade for AD uh, five years later, which we knew was going to happen. Uh, so speaking and, of trades, and one championship later. And one championship later. You have to say it's worth it. It is worth it. It is worth yeah. it. No matter how unreplicatable that championship may be in terms of the rest and non-travel, it's still legit. And the Lakers were the ones who went out and got it. Uh, yeah. It could have been any number of teams, including Denver. They didn't. They didn't put it together. We did. Booyah. Anyway, so speaking of trades, one of the trade we're going to focus on a Laker Tom trade uh, per episode, and the one that he put out most recently is for Brooke Lopez. But we're going to go back a little further for uh, this one for Miles Turner. Uh, and we can, I don't know that we're going to like read through the whole thing, but here it is on Lakerholics.com. If you come here, uh, go ahead and just come to our, if you come to Lakerholics.com, Tom and I post here and banter each other. We, we all, it's a, it's a living or breathing conversation that's <laughs> been going on for 20 plus years since the LA Times Laker blog. Should any of you remember that hashtag uh, shout out to the uh, Kamenetsky brothers. Uh, Mark Medina, uh, both of them did a great job in carrying that LA Times Laker blog to the point that the LA Times just didn't want to host it anymore, I guess. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because it wasn't like it wasn't getting attention. It was, it was, a, it was, it was a hot massive attention. It was massive attention up until they just shut it down. It was like, okay, well, fine. Uh, but anyway, the, the gist of Tom's article here, I got to switch over to this window. Uh, you know, we can go down. And if I can zoom in even a little more, let me see if I can zoom in a little more. I can do this, I think. So if we could see here, uh, this is the gist of Tom's trade. Uh, one player for two plus our 2019. Um, I have a hard time personally seeing Indiana make this trade, at least before the season starts. Uh, I could definitely see this trade happening around the trade deadline. Um if we still have Bamba and Beasley and, and our 29, 20, uh, 29 pick at that time. And that's um, a good, and then, and that's a good point you made Jamie, because if they, if they can't find what they want in this off season, that is the reason why you want to hold on to those trading chips going into this year. It's, it's way better than last season where we had one we contract. Had, we had nothing. We had no module. You could not modulate the trade, right? It and there like, were some opportunities like the Clippers took advantage of that we just yeah. didn't have pieces to take advantage of that would have, uh, that would have been big difference makers for us. And then later in this article, you talk about, uh, I think what your this would just, would you call this your top goal in the draft? Uh, or, or are you waiting like I am for stone Hanson to say something? <laughs> no, I, I, I really think that if there is a player that I'm hoping will go through the draft and pop up for us at 17, yeah, um, it, it's Derek Lively the second from Duke. I think that he's he had a he's a terrific defensive player, and he would immediately be our backup rim protector when AD is off the floor. Yeah, um, but he's also he also has he has an engine and he has a, a an offensive ability as well as a stretch ability that he really displayed. He made thirteen straight threes. 
uh, yeah. at Plus Sports Day. And, um, and so he's the guy that, you know, he's going to start off on the bench, just basically yeah. being the backup center, but he's yeah. got starter potential down the road. Yeah, I would have said the same thing about Jay Huff, but we just let him walk. And you know what been... thing with Huff is from because I've asked, I've, I've searched, researched that whole thing, and and the only feedback that I keep getting back is that they think he's too slow and doesn't react fast enough to to really do that, do what he's doing in the G League in the regular league. And it's and... funny because he has stretch abilities. He definitely has a nice shot. Um, sure. And he's, he looks pretty good around the rim, but he's he's not he's not a super athlete. He's not one of these. He's he's not he's not a bruiser for one thing, too. So I don't know. Um, part of it is part of it always is you got to it, it's hard with big men when they don't get a lot of even even looking at lively at Duke. I mean, it was obvious that it was obvious that Krzyzewski, you told him your job is, you know, rebound and block shots and don't do anything else. Don't go taking any wild shots. I'm not going to lie. I think Mike Krzyzewski is onto something there, that that is what you said. I should be doing 98.9% of the time. Well, for uh, a young, for a young kid, it's far better than having him start off doing that than having him firing away from three point land and not no, understanding no. what the, what the role of a big guy is. I mean, it's great if the big guy can shoot, but the big guy better be able to play defense first or he ain't even going to make the court. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. So, and so uh, towards the end of this article, I'd, just as an example of sort of the work that, A, the work that Tom puts into these articles at Lakerholics.com. And you can also catch us, uh, I, I forget what your Twitter, is it just Laker Tom at Twitter? Laker Tom. Dot yada, 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 yada. Laker Tom has a, this article uh, specifically ha has gotten like a hundred, uh, it's gotten a tremendous amount of views. Uh, and 150,000 hits. Yeah. 150,000, which, you know, this is just, uh, uh, this is, you know, us just pontificating and imagineering and, and having fun with trades. Some people get a little annoyed at fantasy trades. I will admit I'm one of them. I'm like, I don't even know why we're talking about this because there's no possible way it would happen. Uh, and I would like to add that for all the flack I got for uh, people saying like, well, the Lakers did make a trade. Nobody saw the trade. That, nobody called the trade that we made for Russ remotely, not even close. So that's the main thing is that we're not going to see, we're not going to see, you know, D'Lo for Kyrie because Kyrie's going to ask for too much money. It's just not going to happen. And on top of that, uh, it, you would be barely able to fill out the roster around them with nobody who wants to defend. AD can't defend five guys. <laughs> He could defend too, and that's asking a lot know. of men. I don't know. I don't know, Jamie. I, you know, I, I, I go, I go back and forth on this. No, you shouldn't. Sometimes even in the same day, I go back and forth. Just, just say no to Kyrie. No, listen. Just say no to Kyrie. I, generally, I say no to Kyrie because of Kyrie. But the other side of it is that, man, when you watch the guy play and you think of what the Lakers are missing, we don't have a superstar guard in a league that is dominated by guards, and. The truth of the matter is that you can put together a team with a starting lineup of Kyrie Irving, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Rui Hachimura, Anthony Davis. And you can have a bench that is Christie, uh, Vanderbilt, and let's say two guys that you drafted. Let's sure. say you could get Lively and you could get uh, Livingston. Uh, Livingston. Well, Livingston, I'm sure you can get. They're both clutch players. I mean, that's part of why... <laughs> I mean, I understand the relationship, and oh, God. and believe that's, me, that's a whole other thing. if a team that's number sixteen wants to 
have a wants to have a one-on-one -on -one with Lively, uh, good luck. If sure. you still, you know, I mean, there's things every year we sign two or three people or draft two or three people from clutch. It yeah. happens every time and it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. Um, but if you've got a seven man roster, if you've got a starting lineup like that, plus you've got Christie and Vanderbilt and your two draft picks, that's a nine man roster right there. And you can focus your draft picks on guys who can help. I'm sure we can get a backup center with a 47th pick. I would look, I, I mean, well, so that, that, that's a whole other discussion we'll get into maybe at the end of the show here. Um, so I'm just going to go. So, you know, I, it's funny. You do have to make smart. You do have to make a lot of smart decisions. And Kyrie would have to take something like 35 million instead of 47. And, and yeah, uh, that's a big leap for a guy like Kyrie, I'm sure. And <laughs> you know, he has to be traded just because they wouldn't give him four years, you know. <laughs> the Mavs aren't going to. I think the Mavs are going to yeah, play hardball. 10 to 15 percent chance is what uh, what uh, Jovan Buha predicted that Kyrie would be go to the Lakers. And I think that's about right. Yeah, I've. I, I, Closer to ten, uh, if maybe not a shade under a shade under ten in my. Oh opinion. no! Come on, eleven. Give me eleven at least. I'm not giving you eleven. I'm giving you ten at most. Uh, so, and then just to, this is and this is sort of I'm going through one of our articles, one of Tom's articles. Mine look a little bit different. Mine always have a fun uh, music musical accompaniment. Uh, that I would encourage you to play while you read. Um, well, Jamie, what Jamie does is he recaps the five important things that happen yeah. in every single Lakers game or Laker decision or or NBA situation like that. Exactly. And it's always a quick, fast recap that Sometimes. it's almost impossible not to agree with almost all of the points, except when he gets negative, you know. <laughs> and, you know, the nice part about it is that from the trade deadline on, yeah, there we go. After two years of being totally contrary to each other, Jamie and I were like in perfect safety. We were, we were running down and rolling through the playoffs till we hit Denver. Till we hit Denver, and then it was. Yeah. I and I. It's funny because like I. I like. I like Joe had my Laker goggles on. I was like, we got this. And then after game one, I was like, maybe I should have stuck with my original pick, which was Denver to win it all. But that's all right. Um. Anyway, so then just again, this is a hypothetical trade that Tom has. This is not. This is not breaking news or anything like that. We can't even make this trade at this point in time. Uh, at, but I, but because... you know what you're looking at though here is you here's a, here's for example not only do I try to support the ideas that I have by putting down in numbers exactly how I calculated that we could make that trade sure. that it would fit into rules. But here's also a projected depth chart for who's going to play what positions, like the roles uh, and 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 again this I, is not, this you, it. Yeah, yeah. The I, the whole point is is that I don't for example I don't I put a lot of trades that you can't that are contradictory to other trades that I propose. No, that's you know, the not, Tom's an equal opportunity trade smith. Yeah, so the, the whole point is that this is a this is a possibility. Right. You could think of it. There are and then you could take that possibility and there are honored variations of adding people and taking people off and bringing sure. other teams and so forth. So it's almost sure. impossible to predict any of these trades, all we're really trying to do is to say, what are people going to be thinking about? What does this team, why would this team make the trade? Why would, why? And usually it comes down to a judgment of a big, one of the big differences that Jamie and I have is I happen to think there's great value to the 2029 first round pick unprotected. I think that picks worth three picks of any other time. I also happen to think that timing is the, this, 
seventeenth pick that we've got right now. Yes, that's different. could be a very valuable pick because yes. there are so many six seven six eight to six nine wing players in this draft yeah. that we haven't seen. We see like two or three of them out of thirty. There's yeah. like ten of them in the first fifteen players. Yeah, and so I know that, for example, that my hope my hope now for Miles Turner is not the twenty nine pick. My hope is a 17th pick because they want to combine that with their with their seventh pick to get into the top five. They've identified somebody in the top five, a power forward or a wing forward that they want, and they're right. willing to trade up to that. Um, and I'm hoping that that's that that our 15th pick might be the best opportunity that they have to do that. Our 17th pick might be the best opportunity to do that if because that's are, what I think they're really trying to get up into the top 10 top five when they say move up not move up like four spots but uh no, they want to they said specifically top five and they're not going to get one or two i don't one two or three it's really no, four or five gonna, well i mean they might be able to listen portland's shopping that three pick man portland's shopping yeah. that three pick so if you can entice portland for yeah but they don't want a guard they got guards they don't want no that it, portland it, will I'm, I'm, it would Scoot's be bought, it, the third pick no, it's well, they won't pick him. They're, they'll trade the third pick and salary filler for Turner. Yeah, but they'd probably try to get the fourth pick or the fifth. Uh, pick. I mean, who knows? That this is yeah. this is what's going to be fun. Well, about it depends on who they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what Indy is willing to take back because I right. feel like Indy made that deal for Turner right before the trade deadline, if I recall. It was about a week yeah, and a half, two weeks before. And that tells me that they want to see this work as is. Without trading Turner, before well, they want to get two more years. They they're hoping to get two more years out of Turner before they move him, or at least a year, or at least two well, thirds of a year. He's, still, he's the eleventh oldest player in the team right now. After the draft, he'll be the twelfth oldest player, and he's still under thirty. And and their top two players as a twenty three and a twenty year old, and another twenty yeah. year old coming no. in. No. Yeah, he's you know he's he's twenty seven. Yeah, he's still really young, but he's got miles. Um, not many. Listen, they, they would have given him a four-year deal if they really were going to keep him. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter. He's tradable. He's not part of the long-term plan. He's he's to sell I, tickets for the next couple of years, I think. I agree that he is tradable. I don't think he's tradable for the trade that you've proposed at this time. That's that's mm -hmm. all that's i don't think they're gonna well, you do that every year every, you take all of my summer trades and move them to the move them to the trade deadline that's and they probably, often don't happen at the trade deadline operandi. <laughs> we, we've identified that you know it's already been published and everybody i'm just knows. saying i'm just saying this is the but now we're talking but now we've now we're now we're putting it on video so i mean that's what i'm saying well i guess what yeah. i'm saying is that i one of the things that's both funny and sometimes annoying about laker fans like let's take Resident blogger uh, DJ uh, KB24. Uh, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dave will be like, give me Trey, Jimmy, and Giannis. And it's like, what? Dave you... would be dissatisfied if all five starters of the Lakers like how you only is, had four of them make the all-star team. This is why people <laughs> say like Laker fans are crazy. It's like, just give me all yeah. the all-stars in the league and put them on my team. Yeah. It's like, it will not work. It can't work. And so that's one of the reasons I'm, we're try I would like for this to be both a, a lively debate, but also an informative series of videos. Yes. No, I think it's, give no, I think it's important a, to understand of knowledge. why people, you know, you have to have a certain level of education about the CBA Correct. to talk intelligently about trades. I agree. And, I completely agree. 
it's it's and there's always arguments i mean the, the minute i post something on twitter a trade on twitter the other team has immediately responded <laughs> because sure. if, if i proposed it then immediately they hate it because they presume that the trade is totally in their favor or totally yeah. in the Lakers' favor and well frankly i don't propose any <laughs> trades that aren't in the lakers favor and i and i come out and i say that it's it's, it's not clipper tom or that's it's making the trade it's laker it's laker, it's laker time you're now it's part of my name man uh, yeah exactly uh i, I just i should have i should have gone down to the comment section i already stopped sharing the article i, I don't want to go well i can just go back but i just love what stan the real htj says man i wish th this is in relation to just miles Turner. the real oh, yeah. stan, stan, uh, stan is, the real oh i love stan he and i get along I really great we, we're both pessimists we're both like nah nope uh-uh <laughs> uh, nope nope can't happen <laughs> Get stop dreaming. Stop the fans. Well, you know, I, I you guys just keep one comment on in your in your in in you know you have no, a copy no, that is sitting there no, ready to go, and you no. just you just paste it. You just like, paste it. It's the same. No, comment. that's not true. I, I modulate my comment. No, um, they'll never. That trade is crazy. You know, it's like well, it's like what did he say? He said, "I wish that guy would retire." That's what is. <laughs> let me read it. It says, "Man, I wish this dude would just retire." <laughs> Miles Turner will never be a Laker. Indy won't give him up for anything less than a king's random ransom. They were doing pretty well until Halliburton got hurt. They got a they got a plucky second round. They finished eleventh. They missed the playoffs. That's what he says. They've got a plucky second round team there, which for Indy may as well be a championship contender. <laughs> well, the funny part is the guy that the guy that you're making fun of as as being uh, an unrealistic homer, and and my apologies to Dave for that. But Dave lives in Indy. I know Dave lives in Indiana and has a great collection of celebrity photographs oh, that he's taken over the he years. He has photos of himself and his oh. son with every star who's ever gone to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, and Dave's a good guy. They're all good guys. Mongo, just to read a couple of comments, Mongo agrees with me. As always, fails to look at this from the other side. An easy web search told me all I needed to know about why the, the Pacers are highly unlikely to do this. Has a lot to do with them redoing his contract a few months ago and their plans going forward. Uh, I really, all caps, don't feel like doing this for the next eight months. <laughs> dot dot dot. SMDH, which means, of course, shake my damn head. Uh, of course, they don't realize that that, oh, that doesn't it, make it, me post less. That makes, makes me post more. Yeah, I know they don't. They, we all know that, Tom. That's not a secret. We're, no, nobody. We're, it's it's all it's all in fun. The minute I hear fun. that, I immediately figure right. out I'm going to put ten more posts on on same Let's thing. Let's see. Right? How can we? Uh, how can we yeah, overpay right. for? Uh, how can we overpay for Paul George? Well, let's talk okay. about let's talk about another trade that I think is an in interesting possibility. Well, I've, okay. So before that, before that, okay. uh, we'll do. Uh, let's do the Brooklyn. Let's do the Brooklyn Well, that's right. the one I was going to say. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let me, I just took it down. Let me bring, let me bring the site back up. Let me let me just get that going right now. But while I do that, why don't you? Uh, why don't you? Uh, why don't you talk about your trade before while I bring it? Well, up. here's here's the thing. One of the one of the big benefits again of hard capping is that instead of just getting the five million dollar taxpayer MLE, you yep. now have a twelve point two million dollar MLE, which you can split among one or more players, and you have a four point four million dollar BAE, which you can split also between players. Now you can't combine the two of them to pay somebody more than twelve point two million, but you have an opportunity, and so. All of a sudden, you got a guy who's making thirteen million dollars a year on the Bucks, and the Bucks 
really need to get rid of salary. They're not going to bring Brooke back. He's a free agent. He loves Darvin Ham. He wants to play with Dar for Darvin Ham. We could, if we hard cap ourselves, offer him $12.2 million starting salary and a three-year contract. He's 35 years old, was a finisher, won a top three finisher in defensive player of the year, plays the knows Darvin Ham would immediately be a starting center that would immediately make the Lakers defense uh, and offense much more dangerous. And would I, in my opinion, give us the perfect player to go up against and get by Jokic and the, and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, he'd give us that another big body that we really could use there and an outside threat. He's, He'd be the perfect fit. And we could do that and still be hard cap. We could still do that while we're hard cap. Correct. So again, just to make sure people understand, there's a difference between the hard cap and the draconian, like second, uh, it doesn't have a name yet, but it, it's it's going to be, you know, like the devil's cap or something like right. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's where almost all of your moves are, taken away from you all of your tools rather is a better way of phrasing this all of your tools to acquire free agents are taken away from you which is why i do think there is a provision or they they also kind of make it about drafting and keeping homegrown talent if you yeah. draft well and keep your homegrown talent like the like the warriors have done like it looks like okc is plotting to do you can just it it can just keep going up as long as you don't care about free agency for the most part you could just keep just keep on going, and so and that's what makes, that's what that's what all of the old timers want. I mean, that's how I grew up. I grew up as a kid well, being able to memorize and name every player on every team. That's what now, OKC that with the, teams then and you know OKC with their twenty seven first round picks over the next five years is going to be an yeah. interesting case study. Yeah, will they draft and build a team internally com like completely internally completely skewing i thought that they should have offered 10 picks for the first round get women <laughs> how are you going to turn down 10 first round picks for women because there's nobody coming down the pike like this guy uh anyway so here's another example of tom's roster should we have traded should we trade for brooke lopez i give this a little bit more of a chance to happen than miles turner um again Wait, where's, where's brooke lopez uh yeah i i mean the problem is that you're getting older. Brooks got back issues. And so he's got, you know, his availability comes into question on a team where all of your best play players, LeBron and AD, are going to have availability issues going forward and have, have had availability issues. I think issues everybody does. I mean, who their doesn't? Their like a career. Very few. Very few. That's yeah. that's a, that's an excellent point. I mean, this, this whole season has been a basket case of that. Yeah, well, I, so to that, I wonder if one of the other stipulations in the CBA about, uh, you know, because if you want that all NBA, games. if you, right, is that 65 minimum game threshold? And because a lot of that ties back to your contractual options as a player. Yeah. If you don't make an all NBA team, if you don't make, if you're not an all defense or MVP or so on and so forth, your earning power decreases significantly. And for some guys, that won't matter, right? They're they're never going to get into that 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar contract range. They're just making a good living playing basketball and more power to them. But for some players, that's that's a goal. That's a real 
goal that they need to they need to like hit that 65 game benchmark. So, yeah. you know, for, as an example, Other guys might prefer to play 45 games and make less. Not yeah, worry I mean, it's like it's like John Morant thing. Well, There's yeah. an argument for John Morant <laughs> that okay, <laughs> hey, I'd love to take off the first half of the season and then come back and be fresh going into the playoffs. I, there's that's that's the least of his problems. Um, I, yeah, I, I think they should suspend him for the entire year. I don't know if he'll get that much. That's Ron Artest going into the stands and fighting everybody on national TV, like live on national TV. They suspended Ron mm-hmm. a whole season for that. I don't think what Ja did is quite that bad. I think it'll be. I would like, do it for his own good. Well, that's a different conversation. That I kind of agree with. But I also think Ben Simmons should retire for his own good. And I'd like to trade for Ben Simmons. No, don't. He's on my mystery trade list. Guys that, wow, you could really make a hit with it. I mean. No, you cannot. Listen, if you get here, listen to this argument. I want to see you, you drive know, a whiffle. I want to see you. I want to see you. like to trade for D'Angelo Russell. Oh, God. <laughs> or trade point guards. What team out there would like to trade point guards with the Lakers? You give me one team. We're starting the season with D'Angelo Russell on the roster. Look, look, Ben Simmons is a. You saw what you saw what Buha said about uh, the uh, what the Lakers want to do with D'Lo. The first the first option is to sign and trade him. Their second option is to waive him. Their third option is to re-sign him. I think that's just him. I don't think he's got a source that's saying that. I think that's just him. No, I, I think that he's – I think what Jovan does is he puts together in his mind all of the information that he hears from all of the insiders that he deals with every day and sure. gives you his opinion. You know, 10 sure. to 15% shot for Kyrie, you know. Uh, yeah. And, but, and, you know, he's he, – for example, I think that he's, he's one who really started me on this whole – started me looking really closely at the hard drive situation at the hard cap situation um yeah. scroll up a little on that article to see what, what the lineup with brooke lopez would look like you go uh, yeah there okay so there's the you so in that case i have russell staying for 20 million so you got russell reeves james and davis and lopez as your starting lineup christy walker livingston Rui, and Derek lively that, that's Vanderbilt, three. That's a pretty good I'd, I'd swap. I'd, in rotation, I'd swap Vanderbilt and Lively. I think Lively will spend a lot of time in the G League. But oh yeah, I'm sure that's true too. Yeah, that works. Hey, Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Honestly, I see, I mean, the only again, the only reason I put this trade again into more likely to happen towards the trading deadline is because of Giannis. I think Giannis... Well, I take that back. A lot's going to depend on what Chris Middleton does. If Chris Middleton moves on, that's that signals basically a rebuild, right? And Man, how do you rebuild when you won last year? How do you fire your coach? <laughs> I guess he asked the Lakers and the Bucks the same damn question. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't, what, what, what is yeah. your methodology here? I don't think, like, I don't. 
See, you got Giannis and you're rebuilding. You're right. You're, what nice. are you doing? Like, so I feel like if they don't pony up a big contract for Middleton and he goes somewhere else, wherever that is, it doesn't matter. It won't be to the Lakers. Likely, it could be a sign and trade with like you know some guys from Dallas, and Dallas Who's goes all in. The Bucks? Huh? Who's coaching the Bucks now? Uh, I want to say Adrian. Adrian. Young. Adrian Young, one of the assistants from the, it's somebody, it's an internal hire. They just promoted a guy from inside the coaching staff, I believe. Uh, uh, I thought he was an assistant coach with another team. Adrian, I, David, a, Adrian, I think it's Adrian Young. Um, hold on, hold on. I'm 92% sure on that, but I could be wrong. Um, I think that that, that the, the Chris Middleton situation will determine everything that has to do with Milwaukee. And Adrian if, Griffin, Adrian Griffin. Griffin, Griffin, we were both wrong. That's fun. Yeah, he uh, was from the Bucks or not? No, he wasn't from the Bucks. He was a Raptors assistant. Uh, okay, well that's good. So that's that's where Giannis, because the Raptors are kind of the international team du jour, and right. so that's why, probably why Giannis is all in on that. Look, I think that if Middleton walks, then there's a much higher likelihood that they they go younger, that they they see what they can get for Brook. Um, Who's a, who also is an unrestricted free agent. Brooke Lopez can choose his destination. Uh, so it's really in some ways even not up to Milwaukee. Both players can just walk away. Yeah, uh, there's another interesting person there too who also, just like just like Lopez, brought up the subject that they'd love to play for Darwin Ham, and that's Bobby Portis. Um, uh, I wouldn't mind having him either. He's another guy who falls in that range where He's making eleven million now and a twelve point two million dollar. I mean, I will say this: Do you think another? Uh, let me say this about Chris Middleton. He, I forgot this about Chris. He's got a forty point three million dollar player yeah. option, which I don't see another team. He's going to take that option. He's, he's going to take that option, option, right? And he's just like stay. he's going to stay. Turn down, you don't turn down forty three million. You turn down five million when you think you can get ten, or you know, and you Bobby Porter forty five. 43 to get 30. Bobby Portis ain't going anywhere. He's under contract for no. three more I don't years. think anybody can offer more than $25 million at this point in time of the teams that have cap space. Yeah, and most of those aren't in a ch- position to win a championship. Right. Uh, and you wouldn't, no, and, he, and therefore yeah. wouldn't need Chris Middleton or really Brooke right. Lopez. Uh, Bobby Portis ain't going anywhere. He's under contract for a very reasonable 11.7, 12.5 the following season, and then a player option for 13.4. So the only year you're going to get a trade for Bobby Portis might be 24.25 if the Bucks are like looking at Giannis somehow declining. If he gives a, if he gives off waves that he's going to decline his uh, half a <laughs> his, his his 51 million 935 uh, player extension. Uh, his his coming up on a coming up on some big money there in the NBA. Uh, twenty three twenty four. They're bringing the core back. I think. I think they go for it one more season. I think they'll yeah. do. I think Brooke will sign a one and one with Milwaukee because they can go over the cap to keep him, and he's familiar with everybody, and they'll see what this coach can do. And that's basically going to be the window. At that point, Middleton's a free agent. Giannis only has one more year guaranteed. And a lot of the guys, if you go on there, if you go on there, I'm on, on another page. I'm on the hoops hype. The team basically is blown up after that. No more Grayson Allen. The, uh, the only the only problem I have with that is that the Bucks, the Bucks, all of the teams at the top, including the Lakers, any of the teams who paid luxury taxes this year, are all got serious potential problems 
if they've got veteran lineups. Now, we, we our problems are such that Palenka did a great job in having a lot of flexibility because we got options on a couple of guys and, and we've got ways to bring him back our, our restricted. So we're pretty protected. Um, but the Bucks basically are going to have to get rid of salary. Um, and they're not. They're not. They're, they're sitting at 158 mil right now. Right. So they could sign Brooke Lopez and go just up to that. They could sign him for 20 mil and still yeah, be but they under got that. They got DiVincenzi also that they got to deal with. Uh, that's uh, that's the that's the Warriors. You're talking Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Those Sorry, guys are all walking. Wesley Matthews gone. Uh, you know they'll keep the they'll keep Giannis's brother to keep him. You know have a buddy. Mm-hmm. Drogic, I don't know. You know it's it's a small market team. We'll see what happens. No, but I mean all of their all of their guys who didn't play in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Sandro, Mamus, Cavelli. I think we should. I think we should talk to Disney and see what we can. Yeah, you know, here's the other thing. If he lives in Los Angeles, Brooke can go to Disneyland every weekend. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think if the Lakers throw more money than we want, I don't think he's coming here for 12 2. Let me put it that well, way. Well, that's, that's the most we can do. I, I understand that. And that's unless we wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> unless we sign and trade it for him. Yeah, that would require Milwaukee. Sign, yeah, that would require us to take um how about Bo Mamba's contract? They can all of a sudden maybe we could re-sign uh, sign and trade a Bo Mamba for seven million instead of Dwight instead of Brooks 12, 13 million. Well, look, that's that these are all possible scenarios. I'm just gonna go with the the uh let's do this now. I'm just gonna go with the straight up. I don't see us trading for either I mean we a sign and trade for Brooke Lopez, I think, takes us a step back because you still haven't gotten you still haven't gotten what you really, really well, there's need. No difference from it. If you, if you, you give well, him, you, give, take, you basically take a player that you don't are committed to, and you guarantee his salary or you guarantee his team option, and you send him over for him. It's the same as signing him as a free agent. It's the same as signing him to the twelve point two, but you might be able to give him thirteen to fifteen. But I think we can get a serviceable player that does the same thing for cheaper. I think there are several no, options in free agents. We're talking about the starting center spot, not the backup center. I understand that. I think if you went out and tried your to get starting center, then who are you talking? I about? think we should go hard after Xavier Tillman. I thought he played great in no, the I playoffs. Thought Tillman played. No, I, 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 I don't disagree with you there that Tillman is a guy that, and he's the other guy do... I like too was Trey Lyles that I thought was somebody that I'd love to go after Trey Lyles with the BAE. I don't know. Is he a free agent this year? That I don't yeah. know. Uh, he, clutch free I'm, agent. He's a clutch free agent. <laughs> oh, then that makes it more likely that it happens. Uh, I, I, I would go. I would go. So uh, if we take some of these numbers, well, Tillman makes around eight or nine million, I think. So he could no, be I a. Think I think he's a. Oh, uh, let's go. Let's let me go. Let me go to Memphis. Hold on here. Let's actually go on this tab. Uh, Say hi to the king while you're there. Uh, I, <laughs> This uh, roster salary. I mean, this is this is the other thing, right? Is what what is I'm gonna be? Uh, let's do this. So I like to go to Hoops Hype. Um, there are other more detailed websites. Spot Rack is a pretty good website uh, that breaks down not just what the money is, but the the qualifying offers, the cap holds, things like that. 
Uh, one of the things that's going to be an issue for the Lakers when summer hits is Rui, Kachimura, Rui Hachimura's cap hold is quite significant. I think it's up to 18 million. So he's going to be one of the first people we want to deal with. And we're going to want to deal with him before somebody puts the pressure on Reeves to sign a deal mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. Now they, the two guys that they're going to sign probably immediately are going to be those two. So depending on what happens with John Morant this year, Depending on what punishment the NBA hands down, which depending on who you listen to could either be, sounds like it could be Ron Artestian or probably something a little. Probably half a year. I'm thinking half a season. I'm thinking it's going to be a half a yeah. season uh, along with like, and like, you know, mandatory yada, yada, yada. But they got a point guard who can handle They got a point guard who can handle it. Exactly. So, and they've got guys who are coming, who are good, who are coming back, who are going to help them. So, and they're the whole, they're bringing back the whole team. The whole team is under contract. What I like about that is that now you actually do open the door for a sign and trade that doesn't hard cap the Lakers. If you say, all right, let's sign and trade D'Angelo Russell for Steven Adams, 17 mil, and, uh, you know, take your pick. You can go, Xavier Tillman made $1.7 million this year. Who's our point guard then? Who's our point guard? That's, that's going to be Reeves. He's a shooting guard, really. He's a combo guard. So is D'Lo. They're yeah, both, they're com- both. Everybody's a combo guard. Everybody's now. a combo guard. I, I, I don't. I no, don't, but I, no. I, see, yes. That, yes. that's the big problem I have with that. Yes. You've got to get. You've got to get. You've got to get a real quality pointing. You have to have a quality point guard. You've got a quality point guard. In he can't be the starter, and neither. Listen, do you consider D'Angelo Russell to be a quality point guard? I just yeah, watched I him. Do. I just watched him duke it up in the entire playoffs, except yeah, for we, four we games. We wouldn't have made it even to the finals. Four games he played well out of like twelve. Like that's yeah, but a those four games ratio. were those four games were critical in winning two series. And then he couldn't 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 even wake up to get. No, the I know, I know, I know. Uh, but but you don't. You know who did show up? Austin Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with Reeves. I'm going with Reeves. So you can. Yeah, we need more. We need more of a playmaker and score. Listen, that's our problem. Our problem is, is that every time we go out, regardless of whom we start at guard, we lose points to the other team dramatically. So we get outscored by their guards every you day. Can, you could make a case for trading just Malik Beasley for Stephen Adams and the team option that is Xavier Tillman. I'm not going to start a guy who can't shoot. Not with LeBron I, and AD. No way. You can't start a center who can't shoot. Yes, you can. And you, no, you probably and you probably will. No, you can. Yes, no, you, you can. can. How much no, do you want to pay? No, you can't. <laughs> you just hey, you got three hey. you got three non-shooters in a lineup, man. Hey, hey, you and I started the show off talking about how instrumental not shooting Dwight Howard was in shutting down Nikola Yoko. That's as a backup center coming off of the bench. And a plant. No, he, he was at that point in time. He started against Denver. Go back. He started. And- that's the only team he would have started against, other than maybe Philadelphia. What more do you want? He's going to then. Center? You're not going to start him in the rest of the games. You want a backup center who you can bring in to do that. Get Jacob Fodel then. He's perfect for that situation because he's only making nine, ten million. You can keep. You can make him a backup center. I'm saying this. I'm saying this with the idea. You can't do that with. You can't do that with Pil- Tillman or... Yes, you can. Uh, no, you can't. Yes, you can, and I'll tell you why. Because yeah. these are guys who are expert screeners. 
You can run a pick and roll with AD and Steven Adams that gets AD free for, this is what I think. I think moving AD to the five, though effective and probably his quote unquote best position has sapped him of his energy. And that's why his three point shooting since moving to the five is down significantly. Every season since we've moved him to the five, his three point shooting has been in the toilet. And that is one of the things that makes AD unique. And if you take that away, you are then putting a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on him being fully engaged in every single game, which and we know lot, is and a lot of pressure on surrounding him with shooters uh, so, that make shots, which yeah. forget it. It doesn't happen in LA. Malik Beasley. No. Wesley Matthews. No. Reggie Bullock. No. Uh, I forget his name. Who's just got the wrong forward. guys. How many guys are we going to go through? <laughs> well, you, you, that doesn't matter. You keep using the wrong guys. You choose right, so, the wrong guys and a so coach that doesn't. So you don't then, have a, You don't have a coach that wants to coach. Fantastic. Either. So let's go back to my scenario of tra- signing and trading uh, guys from Memphis. You could get Luke Kennard and Stephen Adams for Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley. I don't think that. I don't think that. I and you. Team. And you could you could push you could push them to include Xavier Tillman with like a couple second round draft picks because he's got a team option. For I don't. I wouldn't mind getting. Back. I wouldn't mind getting a player like Tillman as our backup center. Well, you, 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 you're going to have to trade him because Memphis is certainly going to pick up his 1.9 million team option if you don't offer them something. He's not a free agent next season. Right. Memphis has the option on his contract for next season. So that being the case, you're going to have to give them something. So, so okay, I could I could take Tillman. Okay, who who else do you want on that team? I would do either Stephen Adams or Luke Kennard. Basically, your swap. If you do Beasley for Tillman and Kennard, you're saying all right. Here's a slight more expensive player for your backup center and a shooting guard you didn't barely play in the playoffs. Well, I could do that. I could do that trade. I would I do, that do that trade, trade. too. I could because do that trade. Because you're getting Memphis out of the team option they'd have to make on Kennard's mm-hmm. contract, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have to deal with once Xavier Tillman plays his way into no, a I, 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 think, I think I think that that's a doable trade. I don't think – that's a different trade. See, that's a different trade to me than uh, – Brooke Lopez trade is a trade for a starter. This, and, and 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 basically, I think the four most important positions that the Lakers really need right this moment. And it's kind of funny because a, a lot of people will differ from me because I happen to think the two most important positions are point guard and center. I agree. I think, I think we uh, need a starting center and a starting point guard, and I think we need a backup center and a backup point guard. I think uh, we have. I think we have a starting point guard in Reeves. I think you can start Reeves, and it would be enough as long as you had somebody like Kennard next to him who's just going to shoot. And even if it means keeping Beasley. Yeah, I, I worry about Kennard's not a starter. He's a great he's great off of the bench where you can make sure that you don't get killed by him. But if he starts, he's going to get hunted every day. Sure. Well, that, not in the regular season. Not not so much in the regular season. I, oh, this yes, is, you will. Well, if sure, you look, but, if you got, if you, you just look at the lineup. No, I know. I know. And he basically became unplayable on both the Clippers and I mean, Memphis. Yeah. But so did Malik Beasley. No, Look, so I, that, that's a whole separate. There's a whole and separate so, group. And, and of, so did Wade Ellington. Backup so there's a whole separate group. But what I what I can what I can accept is, you can't put a guy like Stephen Adams in the starting lineup of the Lakers. I disagree because we got we had work. the best record in the Western Conference with a player like that. We played. <laughs> yeah, but AD we by played, the time 
by the time we got to the playoffs, except for against Jokic, AD played center. That's fine. Now you're talking about and both of the of- and both of the centers played so poorly. Other than that, that they really weren't. McGee had such a horrible second half of the season in playoffs. It's amazing that he's rebounded and actually had a good year this year because, because he sucked that entire time. He he sucked from a statistical point of view, but I I think you're underselling. No, I agree. Players. I agree that having a body to bang made us a difference. But more he wasn't that, even getting minutes. He wasn't getting no, minutes in the second half of the season. More than that, you have a guy in the locker room who's been ridiculed, openly ridiculed on national TV and risen above. Yeah, him. but you know, you want to, you want to. Let's let's have a moment. You want to have a fun debate. Do you know who I think is a better player? Javale McGee over Ben Simmons every single day for his both entire careers for forever. I'm Why? not gonna because no. because Ben Simmons can't take criticism. People critique Ben Simmons and he goes, "Where nobody likes me." Javale McGee takes criticism and it fuels his. I'd love that. I'd love the problem. The problem with Ben Simmons is he's got to get to the end of his contract, and nobody's going to give him. Nobody's going to trade for him at that price. When he doesn't um, play for the Australian national team this summer, no, right, but you know, here's, here's the thing about Howard. Howard wanted to come back, and the team didn't want him back. Yeah. Well, and that's not true. There's something, there something about I've always liked, probably because I was that kind of player that was very edgy, uh-huh. always talking, always getting into fights, always getting into situations. Oh. That was me for it because what's, you had to be because I was small. You know, if you're small, then <laughs> if you're small, you've got to make up for it by just being, you know, a total pest. Sure. And and the guys like that that have that edge that we have on the team were Russell Westbrook, uh, Dennis Schroeder to a certain extent, and Patrick Beverly. I'm I I, I can do with a little less of that. Sure. You know? I thought that that's, we over. That's we why over- we didn't bring Dwight, Dwight back because he was a little bit of a wild rocket at the end there. Well, we actually did offer him a deal, and he took 15 minutes to decide, and they were like, "Oh, well, then we're going to move on." Well, and and one of the great there's, mis- there's different interpretations of that. What what I heard what I heard was different. What I my understanding was was Dwight said, "Yeah, I'm going to stay," but he never got the offer. There was never an offer made for him to stay. I don't know if I trust Rob's uh, interpretation of history. Uh, Rob Plinka's. I, I, I listen. Mm-hmm. I give him kudos for for uh, unsinking the Titanic that he sunk himself. Uh, but I I. I I consider Rob Plinka to be a B minus GM. Uh, he gave he a master class at the trade deadline. He did. That no, he those did trades at the no. trade deadline no. totally no. transformed the Lakers. No, he he unsunk the Titanic. That's all he did. He unsunk the Titanic, which I'm not trying to take away from that accomplishment. But when you're the one who sunk the Titanic, blamed the coach and threw him under the bus, and then doubled down on it the next season, only to watch the team sputter and suck well, it's probably for three genie, months. It's probably genie who killed the but that's the, why the that was trade at the start of the year bob myers is a gm that understands how to talk to ownership and get them to spend more money rob palenka is not well there's a big a difference in the ownership man. between the two teams he's a patsy having a family man. whose income comes from the club versus and he's a master he's a master class owner who the he's, club is just an investment 
He's a, a master class Patsy and yes man guy. He is not a master class no. GM. Give anyway, well, I gave I do. He unsunk the Titanic. He unsunk that's a backhand. The that's a backhand backhand slap in the face, isn't that? Well, that's when you're the one who sunk the Titanic, what do you expect? You, you can't dismiss the one and just see it the the other. Like or or it could be or it could be that um, or it could be that a general manager understood that. Boy, I made a mistake by allowing the influence of the star players yeah. to make a trade that I shouldn't yeah. have made, and yeah. and I should have vetoed that trade, and I should have taken a stronger position. And then at the start of the year, he definitely didn't want to get any deeper water, so he wasn't strong enough to tell Jeannie, forget it, we're going to make this trade, this is the trade that will help the team. And instead, he stuck through the whole thing. And 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 to be honest, I think that you'd have. To oh, you mean? Oh, you mean what he wanted everybody to agree? And he yeah, just what he wanted to call himself. I thought that was again a second cop out of what your job is. That's your job why. Is, that's why I call him a patsy and a yes man because yeah, he okay. couldn't. But but let's but let's let's say that these are the things that happened during this whole process. During this whole process, he did a couple of things, which were pretty different that showed me that a guy was learning. And from his mistakes, the first was when he hired Darwin Ham. He didn't. He, he looked back at everything that he went wrong with the hiring of Frank Vogel, and he basically he gave him power that Vogel didn't have. He made sure that we weren't going to see guys from the front office coming down. He made sure he could pick his own squad, his own team, and wouldn't be interfered by the front office. Yeah, that's mean, a big, mean, that's a big change in that's a big change in how you treat your coach. And then I, I think when he went, he made these deals, he did a terrific job, not only in bringing the right players into the team, but in making sure that they had a flexible versatility so that it really set them up perfectly for this summer to be able to do, to go in almost any direction they wanted to go, whether it's cap space or whether it's hard capping, whether it's trading, whether it's bringing everybody back. Um I'm not going to disagree with any of that. What yeah. I'm saying is that I can I, I take that small thing. Do I am I confident that he'll make the right decisions this summer more right. than I was before the trade deadline? But no, he could. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I I, I want to get Turner. If you have a chance to get Turner, that's the key to me. That's a championship I, and a dynasty to me. I don't think there will be a chance to get Turner on the indie side until the trading deadline. But unless you like over vastly overpay. Uh, which I don't recommend the Lakers doing because we just don't have a lot to work with for the next seven well, years. you know, it, there's a fallacy that we don't have our draft picks because we do. We only have one pick left to, to give out, and we have all the rest of the picks. It's just that you're, 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 you're yeah. No, that, no, it's true. It's true. Some of them you got to make the pick on draft day before you trade it. But yes, I mean, in a way, you're, but you just can't make you can't throw them all into midseason trades. Is, right. is the point? But, but you know. Which, which is which brings us to what should be the, really the conclusion of the show. <laughs> the one subject we haven't talked about, which is in two years, what is the best transition that you can make from LeBron James? Because I don't know that you I can don't, say that. You know, we have a difference of opinion here because I know that your feeling is you want to you want to hold on to the picks because you think those are going to be valuable weapons when you want to make a trade to bring in a player to replace. LeBron. And my feeling is, is that we don't have enough picks and we have too many needs right now to count on getting a trade 
Because if we trade for a player to replace LeBron, it's going to just basically decimate the roster. in that same situation as we were before. No, I think you have to do it. Let me me finish. So so I think the point is, is that you want to build a strong team and count on free agency and count on the fact that when LeBron's contract comes off, if you've kept a good, clean set of books, you can go out and replace that exact $50 million with a free agent. And with two years for players to get ready to be to become free agents at that period of time when they know that LeBron James is leaving, I think that is the single most logical, most easily accomplished pathway to replace LeBron James as a, with another superstar. I mean, I think the theory of that is true. I don't know what player that would be. I would have to go and look at when salary. I mean, as an example, Giannis is a free agent in two years. But Giannis will be 32, 33 by then. Is that who you really want to replace LeBron? You would want somebody who's like... We probably wouldn't hesitate an inch. You know, LeBronus was available and wanted to come. We, We brought LeBron here when he was 34. Yeah. Yeah, no. Not a problem. It's not a we'll problem. Do, for we'll the do one or two championships. I'm, I'm not. I'm not afraid of doing that. No, but I think that. But I think. But new- I think that's the path that makes more sense because you build up all of this. You build up a team that is a team that has depth with two stars, and then the superstar is gone. The last thing you want to do is to give up that depth to get another superstar. You want to instead use that depth to lure another superstar to come. I agree. That's what we honestly. That's what we did with LeBron. We at the time yeah. that we brought LeBron here, we had a decent. Well, situation. what we had was a bunch of young assets that we could have trade for the second. We had season. young assets that were tradable. We had we, a, had we were adable, and we had a lot of first round picks that we could throw in, right. and pick swaps that we could throw in. And and that's, we will again. We will again. We will again. In, I'm in by, two by years. The time we will there, again. You're right. We will have. We'll have a good set of picks. But not if we keep including them every year. The one that we can trade every year, every year that we can trade it. That's no, and, and if the right player comes along, that that's a path that we would obviously take. I just think but, there's a bigger, there's a greater chance, and we can come out with a better team if we do the free agency route rather than the trade route. We don't have to give up. We don't no, have I to don't give think, up key players. I don't think you can. I don't think you can trade. That's why I think there's a fallacy in the NBA that you can trade for a superstar in the modern NBA. That transforms you. I think Kevin Durant to, to to Phoenix took away the one thing that made Phoenix great was their depth, their right. ability to to match up against any team. And it's not just like, oh, in this round I have like an eight man rotation and these are my eight best guys. We're gonna see it against Miami. Somebody's gonna come. They're gonna have to figure out somebody who can match up better off right. the bench. And the Lakers were were brilliant at that in the in the year that we won in the bubble. Frank yeah. didn't go well, the Frank- same. Frank, Frank had a perfect Frank, season. Frank pushed every button playoff. right. That every button right in every series. Ten right? out of ten, man. Howard on Jokic, brilliant. Starting Caruso, closing game I, against I Miami. thought that Ham did an eight out of ten. I thought Ham was excellent too. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I Frank think was that, perfect. No, Frank was Frank was just like absolutely perfect. I would I would have thrown Beasley except out for the first games. We blew. Fucking, I would have thrown. Three I would have thrown. Games. I would have swapped Beasley and Schroeder at some point. Uh, and seeing if a more aggressive shooter. I, my, one of my problems with Dennis uh, in general is that he's a little bit he's a little bit passive uh, when he's the point guard with. Well, I, I hate that he turns his back on the floor. I can't stand that as a. 
point guard as a coach that used to just drive. He makes me. a he's a there's a lot of things he does that I, 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 I open the basket and he's sitting here dribbling the ball out at the top of the key looking the other he, way. He misses reads on cuts. He's he's he takes meaningless forays into the paint and under the rim, uh, and then tries to do that. I'm going to sneak my quick step spin move on you that everybody knows is coming. Uh, it, it, it's uh, there's a lot of problems that I have with Dennis Shooter, but I think he's a fine backup point guard. Um, no, he's, he's an excellent. But I, against Denver, I would have. There's, there's a reason to consider using all or a good part of the 12.2 million dollars on the backup point guard yeah, if you can solve the starting point guard problem. Well, that's I'm telling you, it's going to be Reese. Um, we can we can end that discussion now. If you're pay, if you're forking out up to $20 million in three years, you're going to groom Reeves to be your point guard of the future because he has all of the tools to do it. He has decent size. He get, he makes good reads. He can shoot and he can defend. That's there's, you think there's going to give him a hundred million. I think San Antonio is going to give him a hundred million. If, if for no other reason than just to F with it's us, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Well, now Gerald's going to have to fix that in post-production, Tom. Thanks a lot. Uh, Gerald, uh, just so you know, at the uh, one minute and fifth, one minute, 15, 49 seconds, Tom starts swearing all over the place. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I, de- I definitely think there's a series, there's more than a few teams that would, A, be willing to take mm-hmm. Reeves on and have the, the, the money and the I don't know, you know, the Lakers are going to, the Lakers are going to match it. And then, and then, and then the, the whole, the whole thing gets screwed around because then you shift everything around because of the, because of the arena's provision and, 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 and it's all of a sudden. Yeah, but that's, that problem is still two years out when LeBron comes off the books. Right. Yeah. No matter what, that's the thing. Yeah. I just don't, I I just think that, I just think that the Lakers priority for the last two years in the moves that they have made, including Westbrook and including Russell has been to get a point guard to take the, primary responsibility for playmaking off of LeBron. I agree that that's, and and I don't think they're going to, and I think they see that as even more serious now because of the injury that LeBron went through and his lack of ability to, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know how much was the foot and how much was father time. We'll find out. I'm pretty sure it was a little uh, about equal. I'm sure there's a little bit of both. Yeah. I would say it's, I'm sure it's, a recipe of both. he'll be better. He'll be better next year, but I don't know whether he'll be as good as he was before. I don't know that we're going to see as, as motivated a LeBron as we saw before he broke the scoring record. I don't think, I think that LeBron James went away the no, minute. No, he I, don't, I, I, I don't. Did, he, did you I, see I him know. play? I think he still has the same desire. He'll still look at the way he gutted himself through in, in that first half of that game four. The way he got it through and scored those points in that, he still doesn't like to lose. If there's a reason he'll quit, it's because of losing. It's not because of, of no. I think else. it's. I think it's. I think. I think he, like Jimmy Butler, is completely and utterly bored with the regular season. Yeah. Well. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's as simple as that. That. <laughs> they, 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 you know. I well, at least LeBron... it's, it's becoming. It's we know with all of the injuries, it's becoming like baseball, man. I mean, Christ, you pay 162 games. To what play a three game series and you're out, you know? I mean, that's just crazy. Wow, that's where sports is the, though, right? where, is the, just... where is the value relationship between your effort in the regular season? It's not about that, it's about entertainment it at that it point. Is, and it's like it's, it's like two different things. This one's to sell 162 games worth of tickets, yeah. And this uh, one is this one is for fun, <laughs> yeah. 
So I will say this. In conclusion, we talked about two Acre Tom trades, uh, both of which I think have a more likely chance of going through closer to the trade deadline than this summer. Of the two, I think, personally, this is just my opinion, and feel free to weigh in. Uh, I, don't, I haven't really been paying attention to the chat. I'm, I haven't, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not doing the whole Gerald thing. i got to figure it out. Next time, I'll put the chats in the little thing down there. So if you didn't see your, if you did see your comment or your chat, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because of, I've only got Blame so much Jamie. bandwidth. I've only got so much bandwidth, people, all right? There's only so much I can do. And if you can't deal with it, then I don't really, frankly, care much. It's just, that's how life is. So I'll, I'll get better at this or not. We'll see. Uh, but uh, I, I, my recommendation is to go, if you're going to sign and trade anybody, uh, if you're going to pick up the options on Rui, uh, or sorry, if you're going to pick up the options on, uh, on Mo. Or and or Malik, I think you have to look at players under contract who are also going to phase out in the next year or two. Uh, try to bring back those like guys like that. Don't try to do a sign and trade where you're bringing back. I think if you're going to hard cap, you got to do it with players that still have a modular contract because you can get back under the contract. You can get back under the hard cap uh, if you do it right. If you play if you play the system right, you can get back under the hard cap before the trade deadline and regain some flexibility. So it's going to be really interesting to see a the minutia of the CBA, b what Lakers what moves the Lakers make leading up to draft day, and then see how we kick off free agency a couple of weeks after that. So draft day is going to be the interesting one because I think there there's big questions there because the big questions oh, yeah. are what do the Lakers do with the 15th pick? They might want to move it back. Maybe they can move it back for a couple of picks. Seventeenth. Seventeenth. Maybe they could move it back. Maybe they could trade it to somebody else looking to move up, um, or they could use it. Depends. Who's I wouldn't there. be surprised. I, all of those scenarios are in play. Uh, I think they're going to use it. I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try to find some, you know, cheap talent to augment the team, like they did with Reeves. Like what I think they're hoping to do with Christie next season, which is Max Christie and his summer league. Has Reeves. Reeves-like potential, I actually He do. does have Reeves-like potential. And Max Christie and his summer league may hold the fate of Lottie Walker, the fourth relationship with the team going forward. Because if yeah. they look at Christie and see... If, if oh, Lottie looks at Christie and says, oh, there go my minutes. There goes my minutes. Goes, He's, or, or, or if the Lakers say, oh, well, we got this guy under contract for right. a fraction of what that guy is going to cost. We're going right. with the cheaper guy. So yeah, and he's are, younger. And he's younger. And, you know... But we only all, put him on a two-year deal, which was stupid, well, this is oh, – oh, oh, I'm sorry. Was that a master class then? Was that a master class in, in jamming? Was that is that what you're trying well, to say there? Listen, all that says is that guys who can give you a master class can also give you a master destruction class, which you did uh, the previous time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's, I take it – as far as I'm concerned, I'm more concerned with the latest decisions that the team's general manager has made. And uh, that gives me more hope that he can pull off something similar – in the trade uh, that he did in the trade deadline this summer. I'll uh, say that I'm happy to see he's learning. And we'll yeah, see he is learning. Can... I, think he, I, I do think he has learned a lot. I do too. And I think that uh, hopefully he well, will make mistakes. And everybody's everybody's gonna he's gonna be in the same boat as every other GM. They're all gonna have to like get the CBA, see what they can do, yep. make some moves, and see how it pans out. Right. Because as we'll get into next year more. Uh, once we kind of see the BRI is what determines all of this, right? Like whatever the yeah. number is that you go up to or over or whatever is all determined by BRI. And if that goes up a lot, then that benefits the whole league. It's not just one well, team or another. The, the problem, the problem is, is that there's, there's going to be a new TV contract. They have a smoothing. 
thing in there where the cap can't go up more than 10%. There's a lot of potential in, in, in So you might as well just figure that the cap for the next few years is just going to go up 10%. It does, BRI is not going to matter. It's caps just going to go up based upon. That's fair. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, no, some of those things aren't going to get smoothed. Player player revenue counts for PR, BRI. Yeah, so they're they're going to get more to- revenue now because of, because of the additional things that are added to the player's share. Okay, but, but and the TV, the TV contract is going to overwhelm that completely. Because we'll really, last we'll time, what, what they get? They had like a twenty million dollar jump last year. That, that one time that they, that they, year, they it was 20, 20, 20, 22, something like that. Twenty yeah, million, like that. million. So that now, the, now they're to take the cap. You get like a thirteen million dollar jump from yeah, one thirty four to one forty seven, and then a fourteen million dollar jump to one sixty two. But what's well, going to happen is that. All of these contracts that we think are so big right now, uh, they're going to be peanuts compared to the next sets of contracts that come. Somebody's going to sign an $80 million deal in the next two years. Yeah. Per season. Yeah. <laughs> per season. Well, not, I mean, not for the. Yeah, that's what like we were talking about when LeBron retires. It's going to be a $50 million. Oh, Giannis, in the last year of his deal, is a $51 million player. Jesus. Oh. Player, player option for yeah, a $51 right, million dollar deal. They, I don't know how, 80 is probably too high. They probably will definitely hit 60. I don't know. 10% every year is right. It's if two years that's from now, nice, it's going to be right there. It's a nice compounded rate. rate. I'd like to get it's that. It's going to be right there. Yeah. It might not be the first year of the deal. It might be. And in the last year, yeah. he gets 80 million. But like, yeah. it's coming. It's coming. Well, can we get some of that money, Jane? Come on. Just a little bit of it. I'm sure Gerald Glassford. Well, come on, open up the open up the checkbook. Yeah. Listen, a, a, anybody who wants to invest in uh, Lakers Fast Break or Lakerholics.com, feel free to reach out to Laker Tom or Gerald Glassford. Uh, Gerald Glassford can be reached at Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Tom can be reached at Twitter at Laker Tom at Twitter yada yada yada. Uh, you can find me uh, either here, and you can yell at me through YouTube, or you can find me on Lakerholics.com, and you can yell at me in print. Uh, either way, I, I, I take on all comers and uh, with equal uh, fervor. And uh, and and it's fun. I I just think it's all fun. We're just talking about stuff. We all love the Lakers. Uh, so on that note, I'm JB Sweet. I'm happy to have my guest here, Laker Tom. Today we'll be here. I think next Saturday talking about another trade or two. Maybe a little earlier because I got some family stuff I got to do in the afternoon. But we'll see. We'll figure out the timing and all that, and Jill to throw it up on the on the uh, on the schedule or not. And for Jill Glassford, Joe Soro, Stone Hansen. John McCallion, check out all their sites. John McCallion YouTube, Stone Hansen for uh, it's uh, oh man, I was upside uh, NBA upside or upside drive. I forget. I'm sorry, Stone. I forget your your YouTube channel. It's my bad. My bad. Right here. My bad. I'll get better at this. I have a three by five note card I can read from next time. But anyway, thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the foot side. Have a good one, everybody. Bye bye.